So here we are in our sermon series, Stand Strong, Living in the World. Because that is exactly what Peter is challenging those Christians to do. Challenging them, but also encouraging them. Here were these Christians who had been scattered throughout the Roman Empire. There was pockets of Christians everywhere. And it would be right to say that they were having a, a tough time. A really tough time of persecution. And because of their faith in Christ. And in actual fact, in chapter 2, Peter describes the scattered Christians as foreigners and exiles. Because it's exactly what they were. A people who had been dispersed all over the place. But other translations, I like it, say strangers and aliens. Yes, aliens, I love it. The Bible has the word aliens. Obviously not that sort, but, but you get the idea. Strangers and aliens. And we are called to be strangers and aliens because we're in it, but not of it. And it's a, you know, I have decided to follow Jesus, no turning back. I think this is the, the tough part. You're in the world, but Jesus says you're not of it. In actual fact, we're living in two worlds. We're living in the world that is the disciple of Jesus and a world that has yet to find Jesus. And if I could do this now, I would. I would do the splits. But I've never been able to, so <laughs> I'm not Angela Rippon. But, but it feels like sometimes you're doing the splits. So this morning we're going to think about standing strong, living in the world and being. Being the strangers and the aliens. Because that, that theme goes through the whole of, of chapter 2 and into the beginning of chapter 3. And then comes, I don't know if the good news says it, but in the, the NIV, in verse 8, you get this, finally, finally. Now, when a preacher says, finally, you get well excited because <laughs> you think, oh, it's time to put my shoes back on and we're going to have a nice cup of coffee. Well, this Peter, his finally, is not I'm coming to the end of my sermon. It's a finally that's built on all that he said previously. He, and he wants to add a bit more. But this finally is kind of like a, a two-way action plan. He talks about living it here together, and he talks about living it out there in the world. So he says this, finally, finally, all of you, be like-minded, be sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate and humble. It's a kind of being checklist. And all those words in verse 8, we, we understand them. We know them, don't we? Be like-minded. Harmonious, some versions say. And the actual Greek means having the same mind. That we have the same focus, 
that we have the same vision. You know, perish the thought that the church would be, you know, a whole load of Christian clones. You know, how boring. How boring if we were all the same. And how, how unhealthy. But how exciting is the church? Because it's a bunch of like-minded people with different ways of expressing that unity. That's what makes church exciting. It's having the same unanimity. You know what I mean. You, that's the word, unanimity. You know, I found this, this cartoon and it says, today's theme is getting beyond groupthink. And they're all the same. And by the way, they're all men. <laughs> Not groupthink. Being like-minded means that we all sing from the same song sheet, but we all have different ways of harmonising that song. We have different ways of, of bringing it out in, in different notes, but we have a harmony. Paul says, may the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind toward each other that Christ Jesus had, so that with one mind and with one voice, you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. We think the same. We have the same mind. But some of us like these songs. Some of us like these songs. Some of us like sitting in the back. Some like sitting in the front. Some like this. Some like that. But we're all of the same mind. Same focus. Jesus is where we get our tune from. Let's sing it. Then the next B is a kind of, B's are a kind of a triplet. Be sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate. Be sympathetic to feel with someone. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. And the message says, laugh with your happy friends when they're happy, share tears when they're down. And here at Oakwood Baptist Church, I have seen that in action. You are a very together, or we are a very together feeling with someone congregation. You know, everyone is alongside each other singing from that same song sheet. It's, it's very obvious to somebody coming in from outside that, that you are together it's 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 lovely i mean i know whatsapp helps but it's lovely love as brothers love as brethren he uses philadelphia as the greek here the brotherly sisterly love and then be compassionate there's very few greek words that i kind of like but i love this one the Greek word for compassion is splagnitsimoi. <laughs> yeah? Splagnitsimoi. Uh, but it, it, is, it literally means to be moved inwardly, to feel it in your guts. It's more than just being sympathetic. It's actually, um, in, in Welsh, it's, we, they say, 
wheel. It's a, you know, it's a, it's a real, it's a real passion. It's a, it's more than just being sympathetic. It's splagnitsimoi. So I want to teach you that word, right? Three, two, one, all together. Yeah. So I want you, I want you to use it amongst each other. You know, <laughs> that was really splagnitsimoi of you, because it, 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 it's more. It's, it's, it's compassion. It, it, it's lovely. You read those attitudes, you read that checklist, and you get the idea that Peter's really trying to encourage the believers. But to encourage them to be more than just people that sit on a pew every Sunday morning. There's a sense of, of community, you know, that you can't be an isolated Christian. You need each other. And the final one is to be humble. Humble in spirit. You see, that's the world that we're living in. It's all about me. And if me's all right, that's great. And then I might think about you, but me first. Now, it's not, it's not like that in the church. It's all of those other bees first. And, and Charles Swindoll says it brilliantly. He says, in our me first world, it's hard to swallow the last shall be first principle. But in the church, we must. Because it's seen elsewhere. Yes, we think eek all of those things. Because it's not always easy to love everybody all the time, be sympathetic all the time and all that. It's hard. It is hard. But we have a role model in Jesus. So that's action plan one. But then action plan two is actually living out out there in the in the secular. No, sorry. This is sorry, beg your pardon, I've lost my note. And now this word to all of you. You should be like one big happy family full of sympathy toward each other, loving one another with tender hearts and humble minds. Lovely in the living Bible. In it, but not of it. So that's us together, being all those things, living that out together. But then we're also in the world. And it's true to say that the world is watching. The world is watching Christians. It, there, there, are, there are eyes are on you and me. And Jesus' words here are key. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. I think this verse is so key at this time. So key. It, it will notice. So as resident aliens, listen to Peter as he gives us this sort of rhetorical question as we live it out there. Who is going to harm you if you are eager to do good? Think of those situations maybe when you are at work or were at work. You know, when you do something that is over and above, then sometimes they snigger and go, ooh, Christians, 
but it speaks volumes. And then he tells the resident aliens, do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing because to this you were called so that you may inherit a blessing. I'm not saying it's always easy. It's not always easy in the car, is it? Evil and insult with insult. But that's what Peter is trying to encourage and challenge those scattered Christians. But he also reminds the resident aliens, but even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear their threats. Do not be frightened. I'm sure you can all remember times when you have felt fearful uh, because you're standing out as a Christian. Don't be, because you will be blessed. I'm going to use that sort of looking out in the world. I'm going to tell you two stories, two illustrations um, that I've used in the past that have spoken to me about retaliation and about uh, stepping up as a Christian. During the Korean War, some officers rented a house and hired uh, a Korean boy to cook and to do housework for them. He was a cheerful, good-natured young man, and soldiers soon had great fun playing practical jokes on him. They would nail his shoes to the floor. They would balance a pail of water on the door so when it opened, water would splash down on him. But no matter how many tricks they played on him, he would always take it with good humour and smile. And the soldiers eventually started feeling bad about doing all these mean tricks. And they, they sat down one day with a boy and they said, well, we've been doing all these mean things to you and, and you've taken it so nicely. We just want to apologise to you and tell you that we're never going to do all those things again. He said, you mean no more nail shoes to the floor? No more. You mean no more water on the door? No more. Okay then, he said, no more spit in the soup. Oh. <laughs> I don't know if that story is true. But we kind of enjoy sometimes feeling good about the payback time. And as somebody that spent a lot of time on a hockey pitch, payback time was quite important. But the, the logic of retaliation is to fight fire with fire. But if you fight fire with fire, what do you get more of? More fire. If you fight evil with evil, what do you get more of? So Jesus came up with, don't do it. He came up with a radical notion. He said, fight fire with water. Fight evil with love. My second story is a Christian was uh, living in some barracks with his unit. And every evening he would read his Bible and he would pray before going to sleep. And the soldier across the aisle would always make fun of him doing that and would insult him. 
And one night, a pair of muddy combat boots came flying over the barrack to the Christian. The next morning, the soldier who threw the boots found his boots at the foot of his bed, cleaned, polished, and ready for inspection. This Christian returned blessing for insult. And as a result, several soldiers in that company became Christians as a result of that one man's action. That speaks, doesn't it? So when I began to look again at this passage this week, and I thought about Peter talking to how we are together and how we are to be in the world, the phrase that kept leaping out at me was this. But in your hearts, set apart Christ as Lord. Now, I've always linked that to the other part of the verse. Let me read the whole verse. But in your hearts, but in your hearts, set about Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. You see, I've always linked the set Christ as Lord as to being able to answer questions. But it's not really. It's, it's about life. It's about being those people that have set our hearts apart for Christ. It's about the when and the, the then. You see, when Jesus is Lord of our lives, when the Holy Spirit is in control, when Jesus is ruling in our lives, then we can stand strong as resident aliens. That's the key. But I've always seen it as being able to answer all those difficult questions that everybody asks you about whether Adam had a belly button. And, and that's not, it's not just that. It's about life. And I'm not, not even going to look at that verse because I bleat on about it all the time. But in your heart, set about Christ as Lord. The, the King James Version says, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. And then the message says, through thick and thin, keep your hearts at attention in adoration before Christ, your master. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. I might be the only one following him in my family, with my friends, in my workplace, but no turning back. When Jesus is Lord of my life, then I will stand strong, living in the world and being all of those things. Amen. Amen.